0: Hey, this is Annie and Samantha, and welcome to Stuff i have Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So here's my question for you today, Samantha. Okay, what was the last movie you watched? Oh, that's that's not fair
1: because I rewatched things and I feel like I'm a loser. Uh, I actually just watched The Conjuring Two. Because I realized it was on uh, HBO Max. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. Well, not necessarily love this movie, but I just love horror films in general. So it's been a while since I've seen that one.
0: Yeah. So I was like, ah. No, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crooked Man.
1: Yeah, Mm. that Crooked Man
0: one is always freakish. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to write a scary children's rhyme right now. Um, And I was thinking about that one. You know, the ones that are like, not meant to be scary, but when you really think about it, they're pretty freaky. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, anything involving witches and such, you're like, oh my God, that's really bad.
1: Yeah. They're all trying to poison you and eat you. Every single one of them. According to these rhymes, we tell our children. Right. So, uh, and I kind of, I'm very proud of you because I did get a text message last night, but what was the last movie you saw?
0: It was a league of their own. Finally. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, oh
1: my gosh. Uh, I really wish I was sitting there with you watching it. I would just want to know yes. your reaction. So tell me, what is your review?
0: Oh, I loved it. Right? I thought it was
1: so fun. So
0: good. I was like, this is why I'm so surprised. It wasn't already a part of your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised at how much I liked it because I was pretty sure I was going to like it, but... In general, sports movies aren't my thing. (laughs) Right, right, that's fair. And I was like, "How? No offense to baseball, but you know, it's not the most usually action-packed." Oh, so you didn't watch the rookie either? I'm guessing the children's movie or (laughs) Angels in the Outfield. I, you know, I have a really funny memory of Angels in the Outfield because that's—I think I've told you the story where I was nine years old and I thought I was going to die because I'd just seen Air Force One and I have a very overactive imagination and I saw some gas in the air. Um, and I <laughs> drank an entire six-pack of Fresca because I thought it was beer and I wanted to get drunk one time before I died. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, but Angels of the Outfield, that was the movie that was playing when I did this. So I, I did you see that one. vivid correlation.
1: What about uh, Field of Dreams? I did not see that, no. Oh, you've mm-hmm. never seen that? no. Should I? If you build it, they will come. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm assuming that's from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved that movie. I loved The Sandlot, which apparently I was... I haven't seen it in a while, but I did someone tweet saying that it did not age well. So even uh, though I don't care for baseball, I loved all of those movies because mm-hmm. it has that sentimentality like um, of this is what the good old days was supposed to be or looked like. and has this kind of nationalism, which, you know, thinking back on, it definitely seems propaganda-ish. Yeah. yeah. But, it yeah, I can't help it. I'm like, you know what? I'm supposed to be American, and I want to be all-American type of person, mm. so this fits in, right? So if I don't really like baseball, I can at least enjoy the movies. Right. Right? Right.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I... I guess I I didn't pick up on this, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm sad that I missed A League of Their Own because I did love it. And that is the topic of our Feminist Movie Friday this time after Samantha. Yes, she was so disappointed that I hadn't seen it. So I think I was both disappointed
1: and shocked. It was just that kind of like I was awestruck that this was not a part of your movie.
0: Yeah, well... Now it it is. is Now Now it is. I'm so happy. Now it is. Um, And yes, this was also partly inspired by our baseball episode. So you can see that for the real history that inspired this film. Um, And yeah, like we mentioned in that episode, it is getting an Amazon Prime reboot with more women of color and LGBTQ plus characters and storylines. So Yeah. Interesting to see where that goes. Also, this is going to be fun because I wrote the description before I've seen it. So now I'm gonna see how accurate I was oh, okay. before I wrote wait, wait, it. Wait, wait, you wrote a description before you saw it? Yeah. Okay. Were
1: you just <laughs> kind of like, okay, this is what I
0: know of it as a way. Well, I knew thinking. it was about the the history, and we had just done that baseball episode, okay. and I was reading articles about the feminism of it, so right. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> let's see how this actually plays out. And I already know I got one thing wrong, so that's it's interesting. All right. Um, all right. So. A League of Their Own is a 1992 film directed by Penny Marshall, and it starred Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, Lori Petty, and Tom Hanks. It went on to make over $100 million, over $100 million, not $1 million, um, making Marshall the first female director in history to have two movies cross that mark, the other movie being big. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also nabbed two Golden Globe nominations. At the time, this was a pretty big accomplishment in itself, to have a movie directed by a woman and starring primarily women and telling a story largely about these women and their relationships with each other. Like, romance is very minimal in this movie. Um, Women in sports movies were rare, too, outside of being usually the supportive mother, girlfriend, wife, daughter. Um... And Marshall even spoke about this, saying that when Sony signed her, they told her, we'll even let you make that girls movie. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) Wow, how nice of them. Um, It was co-written by the son of an ex-league player, and another ex-player, LaVon Davis, consulted on the movie.
1: Yes, and like we said in the previous episode about baseball, it tells the true story of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, or the AAGPBL, but... In brief, uh, here's the story. The AAGPBL was one of the first women's leagues, and certainly the most successful, established in 1943 when many of the male players left to fight in World War II. It did continue for about a decade after the war ended, and the film follows some of the players of the league. Uh, The actors reportedly trained for months to learn how to play baseball and played real games for footage for the film, which is fantastic.
0: That sounds fun. (laughs) That sounds
1: painful. Did you see those bruises?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, We're gonna talk about that later. But uh, Gina Davis said in an interview um, how many bruises and scrapes they got playing in those outfits, and um, we mentioned that briefly in our baseball episode about like how can you you don't have the same protection Mm -mm. sliding to bases? Those bloomers were not helpful. No, they really weren't. They really weren't. And this movie is considered to be majorly impactful. In 2012, the Library of Congress chose it to be added to the United States National Film Registry for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And a lot of people and you listeners have expressed how important this movie was in terms of what we believed women could do, what a woman was and could be. And a lot of people described it as an entry point into feminism for them. Several of the baseball players we referenced in that episode, the baseball episode, mentioned seeing a league of their own as being this formative experience and an inspiration for them. But they'd never known that history, that seeing women play baseball was powerful. It
1: was a great way to tell a story. So, mm-hmm. speaking of the story, let's talk about the plot. Um, The main characters are Dottie, stoic, no-nonsense, and her husband is away at war in the Army. Um, Jimmy Dugan, played by Tom Hanks, who, you know, has some really good iconic lines who is their alcoholic team manager, which, yes, that's how you're introduced. His attempts at Stern often softened by his demeanor. just so nice. He's just a lovable guy. Uh, <laughs> then you have May, nicknamed All the Way May, played by, of course, Madonna. Um, and she's sort of the, quote, bad girl, always making jokes, smoking cigarettes, having sex, all the lewd jokes. I love her. Rosie O'Donnell plays Doris, essentially the embodiment of, quote, I'm not having it. And then there's Kit, Dottie's younger sister, who is of Being in Her Shadow, played by Lori Petty.
0: Yes, and the movie opens with formal baseball player Dottie Henson, played by Gina Davis, attending the opening of an exhibit on the AAGPBL at the Baseball Hall of Fame. After she's tried to her talk her way out of it, she was very nervous to go, reluctant to go. Um, but when she gets there, she sees her past friends her colleagues. And she reminisces via flashback of her time as a player for the Rockford Peaches, which was one of the AAGPBL teams, one of the original founding teams. With World War II, threatening uh, baseball in this country, owner of the Harvey Candy Bar Empire, uh, he gets this idea. Basically, this rich guy gets this idea to put together a women's league to save baseball. Um, The person in charge of recruiting, played by John Lovitz, sees her play at a local game um and attempts to convince her to try out for the league but Dottie refuses saying she's happy with her life on a farm her husband uh she's waiting for him to get back however her sister kit is very very excited about this very eager for something new she wants to get out of their small town and she is she goes for it but uh, the, the scouting guy tells her she will only be accepted if she convinces Dottie to come along. Uh, that Dottie has the goods and she doesn't. Basically, he's saying that Dottie is very pretty and she is not. Um, also, she didn't play as well in that particular game that he saw. Um, Dottie relents and agrees for her sister um, at tryouts. They meet the cast of characters All the Way May, Doris Murphy, Betty Spaghetti, Horn, Shirley Baker, Ellen Sue Gottlander, Marla Hooch, and several others, all encompassing a wide swath of women and experiences. Those who are chosen um, after the tryouts are split into four teams, the Rockford Peaches, The Racine Bells, the Kenosha Comets, and the South Bend Blue Sox. Right. So the main cast goes on to be a part of the Rockford Peaches, managed
1: by Jimmy Dugan, unfortunately, because he doesn't want to be there, but he's doing it because it has to, and he can't go to war because of his injury. Blah, blah, blah. Um, They have to deal with a chaperone and the annoying child of one of the players, who was really funny, I will say, uh, (laughs) who they later grow to tolerate and even like. The team is covered by Live magazine, and they are urged to do something to catch the public eye to boost flailing attendance. I love those scenes, by the way. Um, Dottie rises to the challenge, catching a ball while doing a split in a dress in a short skirt. Uh, And this ends up on the cover. And sure enough, more and more people start to attend the games and they find success, friendship, and camaraderie. Yay.
0: Yeah. uh, They do encounter plenty of sexism and patriarchy all along the way. I mean, from uh, Marla, who was hitting just amazing. And then when the scout saw her face, was like, no, because she wasn't traditionally beautiful. And only through... Uh, Dottie and Kit refusing to go, and like a heartfelt speech by her dad. Did Marla get to go? Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, when they see the skirts, the uniforms, they're like, how are we, these are not baseball uniforms? <laughs> how are we going to play in that? Um, yeah, and priority is given to more attractive players. There are jeers that women can't play baseball. And of course, yeah, there is no crying in baseball, um, which they often challenge head on. I think it's Ellen Seuss throws a baseball at that guy. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> like he comes out and does
1: all of this, like, oh, I'm just a girl, and then she throws it at his head. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
0: Knocks him over. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um when the league was first founded, the players were forced to attend Charm School. Where they were taught uh, how to wear their makeup, how to wear their clothes, how to wear their hair, how to act—no drinking, no smoking, no dating without a chaperone. Pretty much, no doing anything without a chaperone. No, no. no. Yep, um, and this was presented as selling femininity, the image of the girl next door, particularly to men overseas, and also to prevent anyone from thinking any of the players were lesbians. Heaven forbid. Oh, no. um, even though many of them were. It's never really like in the movie but no. Uh true historically uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> at one point Rosie O'Donnell's character says people always made me feel like I was a weird girl or not even a girl just because I could play. I believed them too but not anymore. I mean look at there's a lot of us. Right. And then she tears up the picture of her boyfriend Loving and it. throws it out the window. Loving
1: it. So uh, in the movie, there's a radio report, and it goes, quote, careers in—I want, I want to try to do it like the woman. She was so fantastic, okay. but I don't think I can because I don't have uh-huh. that disdain, but I'll try. So, <laughs> okay. Careers in higher education are leading to the masculinization of women with enormously dangerous consequences to the home, the children, and our country. When our boys come home from war, what kind of girls will they be coming home to? <laughs> so there's also, of course, racism. And we did talk a little bit about that in our episode about baseball. Um, black women were not allowed to play in the league. And this is briefly hinted at in one of the scenes where a black player throws a pitch to a very far away catcher and then walks away. And this is supposed to be based on Mammy Johnson, who we mentioned in our episode.
0: Yes. As Dottie becomes the star of the team, Kit Fumes uh, And their sibling rivalry reaches the point that Kit is traded to the Racine Bells, which leads to a pretty big fight between them. One of the Peaches' team members leaves after learning her husband died in the war, and when Dottie's husband returns, injured, she was planning on doing the same. However, she changes her mind and returns for the World Series matchup between the Racine Bells and the Rockford Peaches, pitting the sisters Dottie and Kit against each other. The Racine Bells, it's a, it's a tight game, but the Racine Bells are victorious after Kit ignores the sign from the third base coach to play it safe and stay there and knocks her sister over on home plate and knocks the ball out of her hands.
1: It's such a great scene. And by the way, the husband is Bill Pullman. Yes. Just in case yes. no one knew. And I love yes. that because he's just on there for like a very
0: blip, but I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, so. and they show up in the stands, and he's like, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Scoopy. Um, uh, however, the sisters, they do make up after the game. Um, and Dottie returns home to the farm to be with her husband, while Kit uh, continues to play. Most of the other women continue to play for a couple of seasons. Um and through this, throughout, there's like this undercurrent of when the men get back from war, it's going to be canceled. Right. Um, but uh, what's his name? Slovenstein? Slovenstein? The creator? Uh, he, that guy, Lowenstein. Um, he, Slovenstein. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Slovenstein. <Nah. laughs> I was close. I, I'm sorry. Um, I was close. Uh, yeah, he stepped in, he proved. Well, he didn't prove. The women proved. But he, he was kind of behind the scenes fighting the fight to to argue that they should continue once um, the war was over and men came back. And they did for for a couple of seasons. Um, and then cut back to a flashback over the exhibit yeah. and they're all kind of like talking with each other and like, oh, what are you up to these days? Looking at the the images and um, it's very sweet.
1: Yeah, it is really sweet. I do love that... Um Mr. Harvey, the one who created the game, essentially, or the teams, or the league, mm-hmm. rather, is uh, played by Gary Marshall. You gotta love that. Yeah. Which is the brother yeah. of Penny Marshall. Um, they're such a great duo. I feel like. But yeah, I did yeah. love the beginning scenes because you see reference to Dottie and no one knowing who she was because she left within the first after the first year. But she could have mm-hmm. been one of the greatest players. I think that's kind of yeah. how they described her and how amazing she was.
0: Mm-hmm. But hey got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, yeah, we did want to touch on some themes. Uh, The first one being feminism surprise yeah. so uh, women getting sweaty dirty athletic and are actually
1: talented what and at this time there are trailblazers for many of the characters baseball was a way and perhaps the only way to escape boring or abusive situations it was a way for them to have a profession develop their skills and be compensated and also to develop female friendships which is fantastic they are at times angry they were sad they're passionate
0: they were even lustful madonna Um. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and while I was watching this, I I got, I've never really thought about it before, but it is interesting that the, especially kind of, you know, nostalgic um, idea of a father-son bonding moment is playing catch. Like, you go out and play catch, and there's not really that equivalent with a daughter. I would say I was probably the most active one among my siblings, and my dad and I used to just kick like a soccer ball back and forth. So I mm-hmm. guess we had sort of that thing going. Sort of but
1: It is interesting as you say that, because in the characters that you see, Marla, his, his speech, he says that he treated her like a boy and didn't yeah. know how to treat her like a girl after the mom dies. Mm-hmm. And as in fact, you also see Rosie O'Donnell's father, who comes in to watch his game, say he's coming to see his daughter play, and he's going to take her out for a big steak, which is exactly kind of that reminiscent male uh, father-son bonding, you see, but it's being
0: changed into, oh, <laughs> I can do this with girls too? What? Right. Yeah, but that's an interesting thing because like we talked about in our baseball episode, there still is this very, like baseball is a masculine thing, and they were kind of breaking gender norms by doing it. So, like the act in itself... Is masculinized. So mm-hmm. I, I still feel like it's got this idea of like, ooh, I can bond with my daughter the way I would do with a son. Like, it's not like, right. you know what I mean? They're kind right. of fitting it in to well, this it's kind idea. Of
1: the question of how gendered is the way we raise children? Yeah. And what do we look at? Not that I should take away from I anything. Mean, if that's what you enjoy, that's wonderful. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we should limit it in that scope. That's yeah. a big, big question. <sighs> a league of their own. Um, also, by the way, when this came out, we were in the midst of third-wave feminism. So
0: it was kind of like a push of,
1: hey, look, <laughs> women did things a long time ago and they can still do things. How about that?
0: Yeah, this was like, uh, you know, Thelma and Louise also came out. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Charmed, which I could have a fun... We talked about it like witches having this resurgence during third-wave feminism. Um so, yeah, it was a part of that. And then, yeah, this idea of like ladylikeness versus manliness and how women or gay athletes entering a sport demasculinates it. And therefore, there's this need that we see in the movie to separate women with dressy outfits, to have them go to charm school, to paint them as novelty acts so as to not threaten uh, gender roles or the masculinity of the sport. Um, from Christine Holmond. images of muscular women are disconcerting, even threatening. They disrupt the equation of men with strength and women with weakness that underpins gender roles and power relations. And that has by now come to seem familiar and comforting to both women and men. And I wanted to add in here, I did not get to talk about this. I don't know if it was a thing yet when I did my last of us two, uh, review, but I talked about how a lot of, um, Dudes, gamer dudes, are mad at that game. Uh, One of my favorite ways they're uh, protesting this game (laughs) is they're trying to prove that one of the main characters, Abby, who is really, really muscular, um, could not be that muscular. It's impossible for her to be that muscular. And they're doing it by following what they call the Abby workout, her workout uh, and like taking pictures of their muscles. And I'm like, well, I feel like she's had the this fictional character has had the last laugh because you are I mean, you're improving yourself, right? right. You're working right. out, you're lifting. Right. <laughs> I
1: mean, okay.
0: Yeah, they were if you so feel upset motivated, do it. By the image of this muscular woman, they believed it was impossible that they started working out to prove it was impossible. So, um, all right. Um, and I will say that I did read some, read the ending of this movie as a returning to patriarchal norms, that this was kind of like a gender, it's just like non-conforming period where we're breaking all the norms when wartime was happening. Because um, in their reunion scene, they all mentioned their husbands. It's like the first thing, like I did eventually stop this kind of, you know, weird baseball thing I was doing and I got married and settled down and uh, like doing their patriotic duty when the men were at war by playing and then leaving as part of that when the men returned. Um, so that's, that's one interpretation I read. Um, baseball as the American pastime, uh, we didn't really talk about this that much when we did the baseball episode and it occurred to me that both baseball and football, North American football, are the two sports where I really can't think of a female equivalent um, like, there is, but, you know, it's much smaller. Right. And they're both American.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, in the the female version of the football, American football, is lingerie football. That was yes. the only way that could happen. And I'm like, what the bloody hell? Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> I could see you censoring yourself, and I'm yeah, very Yeah, that was a pause. Yeah. That was a pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if we do call it the American pastime, if it is that— then excluding women from it means they aren't part of America's story. And that transgressing playing baseball, playing this American pastime threatens America itself. That's Mm -mm -mm. deep stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, of course, because this is what
1: we do, another favorite part of this movie and a theme is the female friendship.
0: Mm -hmm. How we can
1: lift and love and help and support each other. And this movie elevated that. I love it. So it's described in a few places as a buddy movie for women and family Mm -hmm. movie because, you know, sisters, you got to love the sisters part. Um, I think they do a great job in telling the stories how they really, none of them are competing with each other. There's a little bit of competition between Kit and Dottie that's more familial than anything else, than gender-based. But the rest of them are really good at trying to help each other and push each other. Of course, you do have the catty mean girl bit a little bit. um, Yeah. But it's
0: not intense yeah and I, I really appreciated how like I mean skill gotta recognize skill because yeah. I feel like in the beginning, Doris and uh, all the way may yeah kind of being bratty to to right. Dotty, and then she like showed no, I'm good and right. they immediately are like, oh no i gotta i gotta meet this person I gotta know how she right. does what she does right like seeing the the Skills and, and the areas where the other women excelled. Like I really liked that part of it. That right. They just respected each other. Exactly.
1: That when they went through the tryouts and all of them kind of came out together. Like, oh, okay, we're all pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. We can do this. Yeah. Um, and every time we talk about Madonna in this movie, Playground, that song comes in. <laughs> I don't know. At the end of the end of the credits. Oh. She sees, this used to be my playground. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> I still love that song. I love that song. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God, all the fills. Anyway, going back, as we were talking about sisters, uh, Kitty and Dottie step up and is beautiful for Marla after she's deemed as not attractive enough to play despite displaying a ridiculous talent in her abilities and refusing to get on that train and putting their foot down, literally, and Mm -hmm. saying we're not leaving without her. I love that.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of examples of that throughout the film. Um, Another one is... When one of the players can't read, mm. um, another one steps up to to help her and does it like in a really kind and gentle, empathetic way. And then Madonna later, we see Madonna <laughs> all the way May teaching her how to read a porno, I believe. It is a romantic novel. How dare you? <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got to get these facts correct. Um, yeah, just touching examples throughout of them looking out for each other. Um, And then, yes, sisterhood. Um, That is a very big theme throughout um, this rivalry between Kit and Dottie where Kit feels like um, she's living in her sister's shadow. And you do see that. I mean, she's not wrong. Um, Being told she's not as pretty, she's not as talented. And then Dottie kind of doing the older sister thing where she's very, like, uh, always giving her tips, uh, always kind of critiquing her, but kindly, but like, yeah. you know, always. Um, always got to tell us the know-it-all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I, loved, I loved that as well. I was worried when I read, I didn't know that there was like a sister drama in this. I was like, oh no, is it going to be super catty? And I, I mean, it got pretty intense, but it was never... As bad as I thought it was going to get. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, in the end, Kit did what she thought was right. And she won. It paid off for her. Uh, yep. I did. always
1: thought, though, I didn't know for sure. I'm like, do you think Dottie did it on purpose?
0: I wondered that.
1: I don't know for sure, but I always had this back of my head, like, did she accidentally or did she actually drop it?
0: On purpose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought about it too. I, I think she accidentally. Um, because otherwise, I mean, uh, I'd be really cutting for Kit to find out later. They seem like the type that just respect good competition. But also, right. it's possible. I did think it too. Um, I mean, like,
1: Dottie knowing this was her last game, leaving, yeah. and then trying to help her sister. Maybe she felt like she owed her.
0: Yeah? Yeah. No, it's definitely possible. Um, Mm -hmm. I also thought that when she gave uh, Ellen Sue the tip, at first I was like, oh, is that to help Kit? But then I realized, no, that's what she said in the beginning.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, that was going after her for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was no mercy on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, But I like, I thought their relationship was really fleshed out and um, I could connect with as someone with siblings, though no sisters. Um, I can connect with those kind of dynamics.
1: Oh, yeah. I have a sister, and she was adorable, you know, perfect blonde, small, cheerful woman, (laughs) and then me coming in, coming in, literally the adopted girl um, Mm -hmm. under her shadow. I can definitely feel that in comparison to how am I? And it has nothing to do with my sister. It's everything to do with my own insecurities, and I can relate right. to Kit on that and that childishness to want to prove themselves as right. beyond and just as good, if not better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I liked how, because um, you know, Tom Hanks' famous line is "There's no crying, no crying in, in baseball. baseball," but in the end, like. Um, he kind of gets to replay the scene and doesn't yell at her when she's tearing up. Right. But then also Kit has that moment that Dottie sees where she's sort of like tearing up and upset and people are kind of being supportive of her. So um, it was nice. Nice to see. I loved it. Good. <laughs> Yay. 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 Um, and we did want to talk about the legacy of this movie a little bit before we close out here. But first we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. So, in a Bitch Media article called Thanks to Sexism, We Still Need a League of Their Own 25 Years Later by Brittany de la Cretas, um, she details how many women and girls in baseball still face the sexism depicted in this movie, down to being outright mocked, um, undermined, and laughed at. She cites the reporting sports journalist Jessica Luther. Around the recently established girls travel baseball formed by dads and daughters interested in playing the sport. And they encountered all kinds of nonsense. Boys teams dropping out of tournaments when they learned they'd have to play against girls. To the point they'd enter only the first initial and the last name on the GTB roster to hide the gender of the players. Um, Grown men heckling them. Mm -mm. Um, Real nice. The MLB didn't ban the practice of hazing rookies by making them wear the A-A-G-P-B-L outfits until 2017. Um, Of course, these were male male rookies, so that's pretty recent.
1: (laughs) Right, and baseball players are still seen as men, as are the fans. Women's clothing is still policed, not just in baseball, but in other sports as well, and... In general. Um, yeah. Gina Davis shared in interviews that the actors would be covered in scrapes and bruises because they lacked the protection playing that men's clothes would have offered them. I mean, just the scenes of them, they had that whole little montage of all of the injuries yeah. they had. I, I was like, <laughs> I was in pain yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking oh, at yeah. that. Yeah, And I could not fingers. imagine, because mm-hmm. you were thinking... Okay, so they're expected to play like this, but if they get hit with balls and such, they don't have any covering on them. They're just literal flesh that gets hit by something. Yeah. What? Yeah. They weren't, they weren't even wearing helmets. I don't but helmets weren't being used at that point, I guess. In any baseball, were they?
0: Yeah. I mean it's one of those things where in a weird way it feels almost um, and I put heavy quotes on this, but like tougher. Like they had to be tougher than male right. players because they were being forced to wear these outfits. Um And like, I can just imagine, because I've had that like sliding into home base a couple of times without, you know, like in shorts or something, and it hurts. And like the pause that I would take in my brain knowing this is going to hurt, it it can cost you a game because like you're, that minute like split second of, oh God, this is going to hurt. So I'm sure it affected gameplay. No. Um, And I am, I'm, Very interested to see what the Amazon Prime show will be like. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about what
1: that's going to be like. And by the way, um, I don't know. I didn't know this until looking it up, but Dolores Lee was an extra in the movie who is an AAGPPL player. Uh, She was a former player. and She was in the stands in one of the scenes. I'm going to have to go back and look for her. But she was actually in the movie as well. And they do give credit to her, which is nice to see. But I'm really excited to see what the show could look like. That it looks like a lot of good actual storytelling. So as opposed to the movie, you do see a lot of historical things, but they bring in a lot more depth. Mm -hmm. I guess any TV series, but I'm excited to see what that looks
0: like. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, And I guess in closing, this movie has a lasting legacy and it inspired a new wave of players, um, of events honoring players from the movie. But we still have a long way to go um, and I'm, I'm happy to see some of that progress being made. One of the actors from the film, Megan Cavanaugh, told the Chicago Tribune, I hear it all the time. People say, we watched the movie on the bus on the way to our games. So many girls say if it wasn't for that movie, they wouldn't have played ball. What more can you ask for?
1: Yeah, I mean... I still watch it as a get pumped (laughs) 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 movie sometimes. I told you this was my movie, one of my movies to watch while the uh, 2016 election was happening and giving myself some hope Mm -hmm. Um, and just really wishing for a different turnout. And I don't know. I guess maybe this year, 2020, Annie, you want to join me for my get pumped movies? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, this, is, I do. this is This is going to be my tradition, so I'm going to be watching A League of Their Own. I think last time I watched that in The First Wives Club, which I've already <laughs> made you watch before. <laughs> and I don't know why First Wives Club, but it just made me feel like, cause, well, I think, actually, I do know why now that I think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, just kind of like in hopes that women can just be on top after being wronged so many times. That was kind of that theme. But mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to... Let's look into that. Okay. Add
0: another movie to it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll think if I have any movies like that. Yeah. I'm sure I do. Yeah. Um, and if you listeners, if you have any movies for that list, oh, please send them to us. Um, and also, let us know what our next movie pick should be. Uh, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff am Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.